Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Niall Bowie joining us now on the line. Uh, hi, Niall. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on, Glenn. I'm good. Great. Niall, talk to us a little bit. Now, you just came back uh, yesterday from Malaysia into Singapore. Uh, what was your journey like? Okay, so I think on it was March 18th that the movement control order had come into place. So we saw a whole bunch of shops close. Um, some food uh, places were still open, but they had uh, shuttered their um, you know, uh, seat seating and, uh, you know, doing takeaway orders and that sort of thing. Um, but the mood was completely uh, one of panic and uncertainty. Um, nearly everyone you could see walking around with face masks. Um, so I boarded a, a bus down uh, from KL, uh, road to Johor. I had originally had tickets to come into Singapore, but uh, obviously the borders closed for buses. So I took the KTM through, um, which is the only... Uh, way for individual travelers to to cross into Singapore right now, um, and it was yeah it was pretty pretty unnerving I'd say the the mood over there uh, on you know, north of the causeway is, is is very different from here you know because as far as I know schools are still open here I mean I saw people coming and going without masks here in Singapore and you know you, you have um, restaurants and things like that opened I'm I'm doing a self quarantine right now uh, at home. And I'll be here for a little while, so I don't quite know the situation on the ground here yet. I've just come straight home. But obviously, mood is very different north of the border. And, um, you know, there is about 60% compliance um, with that movement control order. That At least that's what the police had, had said on the first day. And they're talking about bringing in the Army at some point over this weekend to enforce um, this order. And interestingly enough, on the drive down, about five hours from, from KL, I didn't see a single police checkpoint. We weren't stopped or anything like that, which was unusual to me. Talking with Niall Bowie, a journalist and correspondent with the online news site Asia Times, covering Malaysia and Singapore, just returned to Singapore last night from KL. And uh, coming across the border, what was that experience like for you, Niall? Were there a lot of checks there? Uh, Coming across, you know, there was a line of, of maybe 150 people. Um, mostly it looked like Singapore passport holders and others who had a Singapore IC. So they were workers, so there were um, long-term visit pass holders or what have you. So I saw a couple of, uh, of people turned away from immigration. Um, I'm not sure why. Um, perhaps they didn't have an IC, but I saw everyone pulling out their IC. There was a little bit of a sense of panic where people were turned away um, and, and taken by the immigration officer or whatever, but, um, you know, there was thermal screening on both sides. Um, coming into Singapore, you had um, people with, uh, you know, the little the thermometers checking individuals if they had come up as being too warm on the thermal scanner, but everyone seemed to pass. And going through, you know, um, I was just asked about my travel itinerary. I explained, you know, I had been covering the situation in Malaysia since late last month, and I mean, for Malaysia, this has just been a stunning few weeks given the change in government, the rare political instability, um, which is uncharacteristic to the country, um, this this unexpected midterm uh, government transition. We've had a new government come into the country. Um, and views are that uh, the move, while the new measures are welcome, uh, medical experts and others say it, it came too late. Um, and, you know, now we have uh, cases in Malaysia crossing the, the, the thousand case threshold. Um, we've got uh, three deaths so far. 
Um, 15 frontline healthcare workers have been affected. And uh, some of the medical experts and doctors I've interviewed in Malaysia believe that um, it, it's likely to get worse before it gets better, uh, mainly because we don't know the true extent of community spread. There was this Islamic uh, missionary event that was held uh, late last month, and that is seen as being the source for um, the largest cluster in the country and responsible for spreading several cases around Southeast Asia. Yeah, um, hi, so Niall. Oh, sorry to interrupt. It's uh, Neil Humphreys here. Yeah, I think you're referring to the Sri Petaling Mosque gathering right. in late February, right. early March. It's interesting right. to hear what you were saying about actually crossing the border because obviously... 99% of people listening to this show haven't been in your position. So what I'm curious to know is how did the mood change from one side of the crossing to another? You know, because you give a sense of real fear and almost bewilderment on the Johor JB side of the crossing. Was there a change in mood? I mean, what was the general mood and tone amongst passengers and staff at the JB side and the Woodland side? I think I think there was anxiety and panic. You know, obviously it's a, it's a it's a very unusual situation to be in a city that's. I mean, they don't use the word lockdown, but it's essentially lockdown. I mean, nothing is opened. You know, just these empty malls and empty places. It's very unusual, obviously, and you know, um, people. I think moving from one side to the next again. I, I I simply passed through immigration and got straight in a cab and came home. But you know, I saw. I saw students, you know, leaving school. I saw people waiting at bus stops, you know, driving into Singapore, I mean, and, you know, fast food restaurants and all that open and, you know, people going to and fro. And uh, it just, to me, it was kind of jarring because, you know, the situation just, just over there is, is clearly uh, the gravity of it kind of dawns on you when you're in a city that's closed, a country that's closed, you know. So it, the communication strategy of the, of the Malaysian government, for example, left me with a lot of questions. I wasn't sure what, what the situation was at the border. Would I be able to get across or not? You know, up until the bus company had, had called me and alerted me about, you know, that this, this option was available. I had originally had tickets to uh, drive directly into Singapore, but, but those were... Um, were replaced with a with a bus ticket straight to Johor. So, um, mm-hmm. at, at present, there are only about five KTM trains that are going into uh, into Singapore uh, for individual passengers per day, at least. That's what was showing on the schedule there. Um, and those so, you, know, are, you and go through. And those are only going yeah. from JB. They're not going from KL. Is that correct? Uh, that is what I saw. I didn't know, know that. Um, I didn't know it was only KTM trains. So, yeah. just to clarify, KTM trains are the only way you can get into Singapore from Malaysia at the moment. Is that right? If you're an individual passenger, I believe so. Um, oh. That was the only way that I was over there at JB Central yesterday. That was the only way that we could get across. And it's it's one of those older trains, and mm. you sit in it, and it's less than five <laughs> minutes. On, yeah. they're, they're all older on yeah. the KTM. <laughs> yeah. sure. we've, we've been on those trains, yeah. <laughs> now, your last story, which was on Wednesday, uh, entitled From Putsch to Pandemic in Quarantine Malaysia, which I thought was a mm. great title. But what do you know now, uh, aside from the numbers changing, what do you know now that you didn't know just a few days ago? go as a journalist and and what's and the conditions and the situation in Malaysia well we had a new cabinet that was that was you know assembled by the new government a couple days ago and uh, there was this sense that maybe the worst choices were weren't picked there were some 
fairly respectable choices, uh, I guess we can say. Um, you know, the religious affairs minister and the, um, you know, finance minister, what have you. Um, not the most jarring choices, let's put it that way. But as of last night, the new health minister, Adam Baba, is under flack for suggesting on live TV that warm water would be able to be used as a preventative measure for coronavirus. You know, you, you, you drink the water and your stomach acid would supposedly... Uh, uh, relieve you of, of the virus, or at least work as a preventative measure, and that has been uh, wow. that has been debunked. So mm, yeah. the fact that you have that the new health minister, by the way, the country was without a health minister while uh, COVID nineteen cases were spiraling globally, mm. um, and now that that this is this is the message from the administration. That to me is really off putting, mm. and uh, obviously a lot of Malaysians are looking at that now and scratching their heads and. Um, you know, uh, the current health minister, his predecessor was was Dr. Zul, was seen as doing an excellent job and communicating very well. So, no doubt, Malaysians and people observing the situation will take a, a, a big contrast, you know, from the way the previous government handled it to now. And uh, it's it's obviously unsettling that this sort of uh, this kind of preventative measure is, is is the message, you know. Well, unsettling is one thing, but do you think there'll be a growing sense of almost anger because? You know, most Malaysians have access to the internet. We've been dealing with COVID-19 for two, two and a half months now. Everybody knows, everybody from primary school kids upwards, what the genuine preventative measures are, uh, what, yeah. the, what the actual health checklist is. So when you've got people saying things like just, uh, you know, daft things, let's be honest, about warm water, is there yeah. not a sense of anger building amongst the people of Malaysia, a sense of, the, do the guys know what they're doing? Been. There has been anger. Um, you know, this is a government that doesn't have an electoral mandate. It came to power in a way that toppled a democratically elected government. So uh, for, for a lot of people that, that voted that previous government in, they feel like their votes have been wasted. So you have anger from that, from the inception of this government alone. So the fact that it is arguably bungling a health crisis, I mean, uh, obviously the, me- the measures uh, that it's putting in place now, it is treating the situation seriously. Uh, and those measures are welcome. Um, however, I, I feel that instances like what we've seen with the health minister and others, uh, they will, you know, uh, s- certainly fortify that anger and uh, give people, uh, you know, cause for concern going forward, for sure. I've been speaking with Niall Bowie, the journalist and correspondent with the online news site Asia Times, who covers Malaysia and Singapore. Niall, thanks for your time this morning, and, and thanks for doing the self-quarantine as well. You know, you weren't required to necessarily. You didn't get a stay-at-home notice. But thanks for doing it. That is the right thing to do, and we, of course, encourage uh, more people who are coming into Singapore from wherever to, to do that uh, self-quarantine. So th- thanks for your time today, and, and thanks for that, and we look forward to talking with you again. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.